A lot of attention. I mean a lot is being focused on how younger people are invading the work world. Well, maybe invading is a little too strong of a term, but this week we're going to flip the script and talk about what these younger people are facing. All that and more on this week's episode of the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. Welcome to Serious Soft Skills, where we help you unleash the power of soft skills. Here are your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. Take it away, guys. Dr. Tobin Porterfield, and with me as always is Bob Graham. Hey, Bob. Hey, Toby. How's it going? Uh, doing well. Uh, you know, us couple old guys have to get together and face the realities of a workforce that maybe overall isn't getting younger, but it's covering such a greater span of ages. And so there are younger people, middle people, older people. It's getting to be a complicated workforce. So today we're going to dive in on that. Uh, we're intent on helping people understand the role of soft skills and how they can apply them in their work. For you younger listeners, this episode is going to be a great one because you finally get to shine. We're going to talk about what you face as you head into the work world that's largely run by old people. Bob, why don't you get us started? Uh, Toby, first of all, I need to turn off my Cardi B and my Drake music and get ready for this. And yes, I'm I'm conveying my oldness because I'm sure those references are no longer valid and they're going, boy, you're a dinosaur. But Cardi B and Drake are the best I got for you in terms of acting like I'm young. And that's kind of part of what we're talking about here is the effort that we all have to go through to work with people of different ages. And it occurred to me, I was speaking recently at a local university, and it occurred to me, I was was talking to mostly seniors who are going to graduate this year, and I was talking about generational differences, that I see it as an older person because, well, I am an older person, and unfortunately you are too, Toby. And kind of hit me in the face like I need to flip this around a little bit and think about it as young people think about it. And that led me to thinking about it when I was younger. And I remember going to my first job and the guy who managed me was like 34 and I was 22. And I was thinking, boy, when I'm 34, my life is over. I can't believe this guy is this old. And here we are, you know, it's 20 years after I've been 34 almost, and I'm still alive and I'm still functional. But I think we see age as whatever age we are is different than every other age, and we know what's right. And I think for the younger people out there, understanding that the older people are in many cases afraid of you, worried about you, unsure of how to interact with you, is a really good starting point for this discussion. I agree, Bob, and I think it is that it's that uncertainty, and we've talked before, uh, gets into the edge of our soft skill of empathy and really intentionally putting yourself in that other person's shoes and going, hold it now, what's it like to be coming into a new work world and for the people who are coming in new to look and say, what's it like for that person who's been here 15 years already and has seen the kind of changes that have occurred over those last 15 years? Now, how do we all position ourselves to move forward successfully? Exactly. And think of just the idea of technology. You know, if you're 60 or 70, the internet email, texting, some of the things you do with Google that to younger people is second nature is really still fresh and new. And 
as you get to younger years, if you're 20, 25, you know, even 18, you understand the technology because you've lived it your whole life. And you also know how to use those tools. And that's one of the things that you can take into an employment situation that people might respond well to if you're able to communicate your knowledge without being off-putting. If you say, you know, hey, uh, everyone knows how to do a pivot table. Well, I got news for you, Toby. I'm 53 years old. I do not know, one, what a pivot table is, and two, how to do it. You do. I know you do. And it's not... I. Presumably, it's not rocket science, but it's one of those things that if you came to me and said, hey, Bob, use a pivot table to do this, I would be put off by that by someone younger. Whereas if they said, hey, let me show you a really cool way to to get this information, that would be the kind of response that if they said that to me, I would respond favorably to that. And I think that's some of this discussion and some of the empathy is how do you get people to understand what you can bring to the table without being a, I know more than you know, you're such a dinosaur. I heard someone say that in a workplace a couple months ago, and they were dead serious. And it's like, I'm sorry, I don't think anyone wants to be called a dinosaur ever, even if it's true. And it is true many times. But would you like to be called a dinosaur by your students, Toby? Right. And hey, I, and I'm not officially a dinosaur because I am still uh, uh, not extinct and I'm live and roaming the surface of the earth. So so uh, so I don't even qualify as a dinosaur. But no, I get I get that perspective for sure. And um, yeah, I guess what kind of kick around, too, is then what does that look like? I love that approach that you mentioned about how we interact of, hey, stupid, don't you know how to do a pivot table? It's like, hey, let me show you this really neat tool that'll that'll do this for you. Very different approach, and the results can be significantly different. What's it look like in a meeting? That's a, that's a great question, Toby, to really look at. And I think in a meeting, it's, it's an acknowledgement by the older people that they need to allow the younger people to speak. I've worked in several situations when I've been working with companies and they have been struggling with the idea of how do you get people involved in meetings? And when you talk to the younger people, they go, well, I can't say anything. It's like, well, you're at the meeting. Why wouldn't you say something? Well, they don't give me space. They don't want to hear what I have to say. So I think in some cases, older people need to solicit from those younger people, hey, you've been listening to this for the last 10 minutes. What do you think? Or the younger people just not being jerks about it, but just saying, hey, um, let, can I give you a different perspective? And what's really interesting is when you talk about successful companies these days, it's the young and the old working together. That's really the gold that we're looking for. It's not the older people have all the answers, and it's not the younger people have all the answers, because any business you talk about, their customer base is just as diverse as the people in those meetings. And so a an opinion by a younger person that may seem outlandish to an older person may actually be reflective of a reality that the older people don't want to admit or acknowledge. And so by not allowing for those discussions to occur, by not soliciting those opinions and even considering them, it's making the older people and the companies they work for probably more apt to become dinosaurs, literally. Right. How, yeah. Do you, do you or your organization want to become uh, extinct? Exactly. And it's, I think that's a great question to really put at organizations. What are you doing not to become extinct? Where are you looking for 
alternative opinions and largely from younger people. And it's not just about, well, you can use technology this way, but it can be around marketing. It can be around advertising. It can be around how the website looks and feels. It can even be a discussion. You know, I I worked with one company and we asked a younger person, would you buy this product? And they were like, no. Well, would your friends? No. Why not? It's overpriced. It doesn't fit. And why wouldn't I just go to Ikea? Well, that we were kind of put off by that, but that led us to a very deep soul-searching discussion of how do we compete with IKEA to get in front of these people? Because if you only have an audience of people 60 and above right now, you're not going to be in business for more than about 20 or 30 years. We need to find ways to integrate young people into our sales, into our in all aspects of our company. And I think it's incumbent upon both the older people to acknowledge this and say, we want to bring young people into the process more. But also, I think in some cases, it's, it's the young people being a little more assertive. The reality of work is no one asks for my opinion. I give my opinion. And you do the same thing, Toby. And I think knowing that you've got to do it, you don't want to be a jerk about it, but saying, hey, I have something to say here. I've been listening to this meeting for the last 20 minutes. I think there's a perspective you miss. Can I share it with you? Let's take a short break. You're listening to the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. From learning more about soft skills, we've been working with companies to help them identify their employees' soft skill portfolio and how to improve their workplace leveraging those strengths. Could this help your business? Well, if you feel like your team, your office, your company is stuck, not as productive as it should be, missing deadlines, constantly infighting and sniping, have key employees left for better jobs? Do you or the people you work with hate going to work? Our soft skills training can help. To learn more, call 937-SKILLS-5. That's 937-S-K-I-L-L-S and the number 5. We can talk about how we can help your organization with a customized soft skills plan of attack. Again, to learn more, give us a call at 937-SKILLS-5. Now, back to the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. Hey, Bob, before the break, we've been talking about that perspective of of integrating different uh, generations or different age groups in the workplace and and how it kind of is a a minefield and how you dance into that minefield makes a big difference. If you go stomping in, you can get what you think you're going to get. And and if you kind of can can move in a little slowly and a little with a little bit of savvy, it can turn into a really much more productive situation. So uh, I'm going to throw it back to you, though, because I think you came up with five really good ways uh, kind of... uh, rules of thumb or maybe approaches that we can use and maybe people can try some of these out and see how that goes. Yeah, Toby, these come from the work I've done with companies, just helping them deal with these uh, uh, issues of generations working together and also coaching some individuals. And I have a list of five things. First one is you need to recognize that this is real. You can't deny this. If you're a younger person, the odds are really good that that next job interview you go to is going to be with an older person. And you need to recognize that reality and deal with it accordingly. And there's all kinds of information about how to go about that. We've talked about it in other podcasts. But what I see too often is younger people just deny it. It's like, well, they're old. They're only going to be here five more years. I can wait to have an opinion for five years. That doesn't work. That, that, that just isn't the answer. The corollary to that I would also offer is the people you work with are not your parents. 
I was thinking when you said that of don't think of it as parents, I think for us older folks, we got to also be really careful that we don't think of these younger folks in the workplace as our children or our yes. nieces and nephews and, and put that parenting role in. We're coworkers, we're colleagues. We, we, we each need to bring something different to the table. And I think it gets right at your number two I'm going to move us into is that we have to treat each other with respect at all times. And just go into it, even though I've always told people that my respect isn't given, it has to be earned, but I do have to go in with a benefit of the doubt and say, hey, you've got some experiences I'm sure are going to help clarify this. I've got some experiences, but let's see if we can get them all in the table and sort this out and, and, and equally respect everyone's different views. So let me move to the third one, which is avoid age-based confrontations at all costs. So the whole pivot table discussion. You know, no one no one would do this that way. Or no one uses, I saw someone use a calculator. No one uses calculators. Why aren't you using your phone? Well, this person was comfortable with their calculator. Okay, that's the way they do it. So I would not get into any kind of age-based confrontation, even over little stuff like calculators. Perfect. And uh, the, uh, good examples there. The, the fourth one is uh, coach whenever possible. Yes, and I mean with the younger people coaching the older people. In terms of number five is see common ground around the goals of the team and then discuss different approaches. So if you're all around a table and the goal is to figure out what we're going to do for the holiday party this year, you know, here it is, March, holiday parties in December, and what are we going to do? First, get some metrics together about what would be a good holiday party. A good holiday party is everyone's enjoying themselves. They can bring their spouses. It doesn't cost us money. We get time off of work. We have great food. We want to have a band. Okay, great. Now, after that, you can start talking about the different things. What kind of band would be appealing to everyone? What kind of food would be appealing to everyone? What kind of location would be appealing to everyone? What kind of location appeals to everyone and fits within the budget that we have for this project? But starting from that common ground, then you can look at differences, and the younger people might say, oh, we want to go to this club area, and the older people go, you know, I'm not really comfortable with that. Finding that middle ground and finding the difference between, uh, I don't know, um, margarita glasses with um, food in them versus a formal sit-down dinner. There's a huge difference there, and finding the common ground, which might be a buffet, with a whole bunch of different kinds of foods. that What I find is when I'm working with organizations or individuals, helping them to see that differences aren't bad, but just opening the door to a discussion of what the differences are and how we can power through them to get to what we all are trying to achieve, whatever that is. You're going to have differences. If you're not having differences, I would argue you're not a really good team. But figuring out ways to bring those differences out. And in some ways, those age differences are a blessing, not a curse. I really love being around young people, even though they drive me crazy sometimes. They keep me young, and they give me exposure to things I wouldn't know. And the way they see the world is not wrong. It's different. And seeing the world through their eyes often colors how I go about things. I don't think you and I 10 years ago would have thought of a podcast as a really valuable tool. But it's amazing how many young people are listening to our podcast and we reach them 
on their terms, on their ground, because we're willing to go out of our comfort zone and do that. And I would bet that 80% of the people that listen to our podcast are under the age of 40. How great is it that we were able to bridge that gap instead of going, well, if they want the information, they should read our book. How good would that be for us? And that's a great example. And we can all do that at any age. Maybe a younger person goes, I have a podcast, but maybe I should put together a small book of what is in my podcast because someone might want to take that information in written form. Got to, what do we say? We got, you got to reinvent yourself. So, you know, we had to hang up, uh, accordion Bob and his polka favorites and, uh, move on to other things. So <laughs> Bob 2.0, uh, that's, hey, that's an image I will not get out of my head. I, I, know, I apologize. Right. <laughs> you can't unsee that. Uh, Toby, I'm wearing later hosen in that, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, after, uh, never mind. Uh, thanks, uh, Bob, we better wrap it up. That's it for this week's episode of the serious soft skills podcast. Let us know what you think by tweeting us. That's at Real Soft Skills. Yeah, you young uh, people. Or, yeah, for you young folks, or email <laughs> us at podcast at serioussoftskills.com. For you uh, until people. next time, thanks for listening. Good day, and as always, good soft skills. You've been listening to Serious Soft Skills with your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. If you like what you hear, then take a moment to review us on iTunes. Looking for more insights on soft skills? Then check out our website, SeriousSoftSkills.com, for blog posts, newsletters, and other resources. And look for a new episode of Serious Soft Skills every Wednesday.